Next Sunday morning on RNZ, we'll have a big post-election special, and that will include coverage of the big vote in Australia over The Voice. Uh, This is uh, a referendum, and this is the wording of it. To alter the Constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, do you approve this proposed alteration? We've talked about this before with Natasha Frost, but now it's crunch time and the gloves have come off in the debate. Natasha's a Kiwi in Melbourne. She reports on Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific for the New York Times. Kia ora, Natasha. Kia ora, Jim. How's it going? And thank you for, <laughs> very well, and thank you for getting up early on a Sunday um, across in Melbourne for you. Now, look, the weather, first of all, Melbourne had its driest September in 168 years. Sydney's not far behind. What sort of a summer are you in for? It sounds horrendous. Yeah, it's been um, pretty weird, to be honest. Uh, in Gippsland, we saw bushfires one day and floods the next. Uh, and it's really unusual to have bushfires so early in the season. But I think what everyone's really worried about is the Bureau of Meteorology announced an El Nino summer a couple of weeks ago. And what that means is a hot, dry summer with a much greater risk of drought, heat waves, bush, bushfires and coral bleaching. Um But what's really kind of troubling is that for the last three years, we've had La Nina summers, much cooler, wetter. So the vegetation is out of control. And that means there's a lot of fuel for wildfires. So people are very anxious about the possibility of a summer which is as bad or even worse as the terrible bushfires we saw in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, and there's a lot of anxiety right there, isn't there? Across Australia. Okay. Um, Australia is riven over the voice. The yes vote recovering in the latest poll I saw, but it still looks likely to lose. I was looking at the polls this morning, Jim, and yes was around 41% and no was coming in at about 59%, excluding the don't. Yeah, so it's not looking very good for the yes vote, especially because it doesn't have to just be a majority of voters. It also has to be a majority of states, so four out of seven states. And the focus has really fallen on battleground states like Tasmania, where I was yesterday, actually on the campaign trail, and South Australia. So I think a lot would have to change between now and next Saturday for the vote to pass. I'll ask you about who you were with on the campaign trail, because that's germane. Uh, So if you don't know, vote no is the slogan of the naysayers. But the voice, not constitutionally risky, say 71 law professors. But is Anthony Albanese partly to blame here for the lack of support? Because I think the Guardian newspaper was making the point that he took a long time to make it clear that an advisory voice would be just that. It wouldn't be telling Parliament what to do, Natasha. Yeah, I think um, one of the first things Albanese said after he was elected last year was that Australians would be going to the polls on this issue. And I think he thought there was some possibility that the referendum would have bipartisan support, which I think it probably needed in order to pass. Of course, it very quickly became politicised and members of the opposition Uh, even though in the past they had been in favour of other sorts of constitutional or symbolic recognition for Aboriginal Australians, came out very strongly against the vote. Um, I think at that point it did become clear that it wasn't going to pass. And I think that put Albanese in quite a challenging position because on the one hand, pollsters have been saying for a long time that a no vote is very, very likely. But also I think if he'd backed down, it would have looked like he'd been pushed around by the opposition. So I think that's quite sort of challenging. I would also add that you know, while the voice is, it's technically advisory, Albanese has also said that it would be, and I'll quote here, a very brave government that wouldn't listen to the advice of that body. So it might be technically powerless, but I think practically 
it could have been quite practical. Will a defeat for The Voice, just just as an aside, also mean a loss of mana for Albanese too, do you think? Yeah, his popularity has slumped quite a bit over the last few months. Um, I think The Voice is one part of that. Most Australians are relatively disengaged by this referendum, which, after all, only really affects 3% of the population. But there are kind of household issues, cost of living, inflations, much like in New Zealand. And it's that above all, which is making Australians quite miserable. A former star of the show Neighbours has had half a million views on Facebook for the theory that The Voice is an attempt by the United Nations to control Australian land. It would completely change the law on jurisdiction. I have no idea what she means. Yes, it's... um. I spent yesterday morning in, or I spent all day yesterday, in Hobart, Tasmania, uh, on the campaign trail with no campaigners who were all volunteers. And it was really interesting to hear the diversity of different reasons that people were voting no, because in some cases they were quite sort of sensible. And in other cases, I had examples of quite profound misinformation. Um, Things like George Soros is funding the vote, which isn't true. Conspiracy theories about land being forcibly taken away from people, or that the voice was going to kind of immediately lead to widespread reparations. And I think that has been one thing that's been quite unusual about this campaign compared to other election and other Uh, electoral campaigns in Australia is that there has been quite a lot of uh, false information floating about, um, like the example that you give uh, of the sort of the false, the myth of um, the voice being a UN coup. (laughs) What is really fascinating about the debate, though, is that leading Indigenous voices are voting no, even though they're greatly outnumbered, I think, in the Aboriginal community. But some of them want a treaty instead, like New Zealand. Some don't want resentment as a result of the yes vote succeeding. Others are saying, and this is, I think, the woman you were with yesterday, Senator Jacinta Price, uh, she says it will constitutionally enshrine the idea that Aboriginal people are perpetual victims forever in need of special measures. There are vocal conservative voices in the Indigenous communities. Yes, that's right. Um, it's it's really split the community, and I think it's caused a lot of division even within individual families. And there's a real, again, a huge diversity of reasons why figures in the Indigenous community are opposing it. So in Jacinta Price's case, when we spoke yesterday, she said to me that what was really important to her was that Aboriginal Australians were saw, seen as Australians before they were seen as Aboriginal people. And I think she thinks that this would kind of entrench a kind of separatism that she believes is already there. And that I think she thinks is at the heart of why many Aboriginal Australians are marginalised. And so I think her position where she comes to um, on this issue uh, from is that uh, it's really important that Aboriginal Australians don't have kind of special culturally specific measures that on health, education, everything else, they are treated like every other citizen. One more question before we leave the voice. Uh, We know that big corporates like Qantas and Rio Tinto and BHP poured millions into the Yes campaign. I wonder if the Yes vote would be doing better if they hadn't, because the No side has spent a long time pitching the voice as being backed by elites and uh, also the mainstream media uh, with a woke agenda, but woke the whole woke corporates idea. And that seems to have actually annoyed a lot of people, does it? 
I think that's absolutely right. And that was something I very much heard from no campaigners yesterday. Uh, one woman said to me that the more affluent you were, the more likely you were to uh, vote yes. And that clearly really unsettled her and made her distrust the idea even more. And I think people are asking, you know, why is Rio Tinto, Qantas, other, uh, both the major supermarket chains here in Australia, why are they supporting this voice? You know, what's in it for them? And I think it probably would have been better for the Yes campaign if these really large Australian companies had kind of kept quiet. Magpies and custard squares before you go, please. This story very much interested me. The right way to cut a vanilla slice or what we would call a custard square. A bakehouse in Melbourne has put us right on how to do this. Yes, I also enjoyed watching this video. So um, the trick is you take the slice and you turn it on its side um, rather than cutting it kind of top down. And what that means is that the pressure from your knife, it mostly falls on the custard rather than the pastry. And so the filling doesn't sort of splooge out of the side, making a big mess. So a real revelation. I thought it was a genius idea because it's so absolutely simple and I've never in my life thought of doing it. No, neither have I. I thought it was fabulous. And it's magpie swooping season. Is is magpie swooping far worse in Australia? I know it can get a bit bad here too, but is it far worse where you are? It is a wee bit worse. Um, I don't know if there are more magpies in Australia. It certainly feels like it. What's quite quite interesting about magpies is not only do they... uh, never swoop more than 100 metres from their nest, but they also recognise faces. So if you've been swooped one year, if a magpie has thought that you threaten them and their newborn chicks or newly hatched chicks, which hatch around now, end of September, beginning of October, um, they may well swoop you all over again. Uh, They'll see you and they'll recognise you as a threat. I infer from this that magpies may follow you all your life. No matter where you go, (laughs) seeking revenge. Uh, Natasha, Natasha, always lovely to talk to you. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you, Jim. Natasha Frost.